Welcome to ACME Talks and Live Events. You are listening to a podcast from the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. This talk has been recorded in front of a live studio audience. This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes, which may not be suitable for younger audiences. And the opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ACME. Do I have vision there, Tim? Anyway, even without pictures, I'm still Stephen Nicholson from Airbag Productions here in Melbourne. I'm a, a designer, a director, an animator, a technologist, a developer, and a partner within my company. And today I'd be absolutely delighted to share with you my pause motion response, um, except my dog ate it. Um, which, of course, really begs the question, what the hell am I doing here? It's an interesting question, and I'm, I'm sure if it wasn't for the charm and, and persistence of Mariana and George, I'd be staying at home right now licking my wounds. But I, um, I think, uh, you know, in a moment I'll share with you, you know, our, some tests and some concept art and some animatics and the direction that we were heading with their project. Um, but first I just wanted to quickly touch on why I bothered turning up. It all began last year when George and Mariana approached me to do a little motion response for Pause 2015. And they said, you know, it'll be fantastic. You'll uh, get a chance to use, you know, the Foundry software. And, and, you know, at the end, you may even get to keep it. And I said, that sounds fantastic. That sounds awesome. Uh, a whole lot of work for a chance to win software I already own. So, um, you see, you know, a few years ago, um, we were just, a, you know, a handful of, of uh, you know, super good-looking visual effects artists and filmmakers, but we... Basically, we looked at the really, uh, you know, the big guys. We looked at Method, who are here in the, in the front row, and we said, you know, how do they work? What do they do? Because we want to be like them. And that was the point where we started to, um, you know, we jumped across to Nuke. Um, so, you know, for a relatively small group of people, we were pretty much early adopters. Um, and everything we do, even this project, which, is, which was uh, done a, a frame at a time by painting onto glass the most messy, laborious, and analog pro project I think we've ever been involved in, still went through Nuke because, you know, we wanted to work, you know, smarter rather than harder, which is odd considering we thought painting on glass was a good idea. So I guess um, what I'm getting at is we eat Nuke for breakfast, lunch and tea, and it's, it's so great I even use it for, um, you know, wireframing projects and as possibly the clumsiest alternative to PowerPoint ever. Uh, have I talked about how awesome Nuke is enough to get some free stuff? this point? No? All right. All, all of that's a roundabout way of me saying that the self-serving part of the reason I'm here today is that I want to kind of harvest up some nuke wizards and enslave them for my own company. Um, so, you know, uh, send me your reels, or send my post-producer reels anyway. Shameless recruiting drive over. No, the real reason I'm here is that last year and the year before, um, I was here and I, you know, I saw the motion pieces and all of them, all of them, this year too, uh, were just such fantastic pieces and, you know, crazy good, kind of dishearteningly good, kind of want to 
murder you in a jealous rage good. So I felt like I needed to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, I'm not the most competitive guy, but, you know, if you're going to play, then you may as well, uh, you know, you may as well at least stand out, right? So I thought to myself, what can I do with Nuke slash Moto that would be different? And I thought there's something that we haven't seen a lot of here at, in the pause motion responses, and that is, well, for good reason, we haven't seen a lot of it, character-based conventional narrative. So, you know, I was thinking Airbag has its own motion capture suite that rarely gets used for anything other than play fights. And I thought being the chronic narcissist that most uh, advertising directors are, I'd get a chance to star in my own piece. And um, basically, which brings us to the, the theme for this year, Pure. Now, if experience has taught me anything, uh, you can't make an idea resonate for your audience if it doesn't resonate for you first. And that's you know, one of the toughest things, if I think, about being a commercial whore like myself, is that you have to take it on board and you have to believe it. So pure, what does it mean to me? I actually just finished reading a book by this, about this guy, not by this guy. Um, and he had some absolutely repellent ideas about purity, like honestly the most evil thought processes in the world. And it, it you know, it's, um, now obviously I don't share any of his opinions or, or thoughts, but it's kind of hard once an association like that's in your brain, purity equals this, um, it's kind of hard to shake. And it does make you think, you know, purity is considered such a, a virtuous concept, but it has this sort of darker side too. Um, and, and that kind of appealed to me, you know, can we remain pure in the pursuit of purity? And who's to say that purity is desirable anyway? Doesn't Im impurity have its uses too? Now, a lot of us here get to make pretty things. Maybe you're in entertainment or in advertising like me or some other kind of, I don't know, brand-driven content or communication. Um, but for most of us, somewhere, there is a client. Uh, probably should have had some other slide other than Hitler up when I was talking about my clients. Um, <laughs> And in 11 years of doing this stuff, just once has a paying client come to me and said, just do whatever you want and I'll pay you for it. As it turned out, I decided that painting on glass would be a good idea, so there's obviously, oh, my mum's ringing. Sorry, mum. And what I'm driving at is as commercial artists, you know, working stiffs, there are always stakeholders. So I thought I'm going to do something about purity in the work that we do and in the way that we do it. That has resonance for me. So I'm, I'm very much in love with the work of Chris Ware. He's a, an American comic artist. Uh, is anybody familiar? He's, um, he does this fantastic, uh, you know, Lean Claire work, sort of similar to Hergé. Um, it's uh, kind of, hello, there we go. Um, it's really simple and stripped back and clean. and but at the same time, super, super uh, crushing, I guess, kind of depressing. And, and so that was a really strong influence on me when I started sort of putting together, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of the scenes and locations. And so, you know, we started laying out uh, some storyboards, and in a second I'll play you some animatics. Um, but the idea was to kind of follow the, the life of an idea. Um, and we, we did all this sort of background art and, and frame tests and color tests trying to sort of capture that, um, you know, that, that sense of flatness and, and sense of claustrophobia. Um, so we built them, and then we built this guy. Um, 
He's me, he's you, he's each of us. He gets paid to be creative, but he comes up with these fantastic ideas and then he has to sell them through this guy, who yeah, could be his boss, his business partner, an agency creative or a commissioning editor or producer, who in turn then has to sell it through these people who might be the client, the client's boss, the client's boss's aunt, the client's boss's aunt's best friend. You know, all these people that for some reason get to say, probably because they have money. And, you know, the second one, any one of them opens up their mouth, that's kind of the end of uh, the, uh, that original idea in its pure form. So here's the animatic. Basically, it's the story of a man and one idea. And so I guess where I was going with that, in the real world, you can start with a pure idea, but if you want to get it made, even if you're the most forceful, charismatic auteur, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to compromise. And after a while, that can start to get you down. And I guess what I wanted to say is that at the end of that long, long journey, you need to know that you're still in there, that you're the mum or the dad of that idea and it, its DNA is your DNA. There's more of you than anyone else. Um, you just need to see it that way. So we made an animatic, we built our characters, crafted these worlds for characters to live in. Uh, I approached the super talented and slightly insane BJ Morris uncle, who you would have heard then if I'd checked that the audio was working before we started. I might play it for you at the end. Um, and then suddenly, uh, basically, these guys came, started coming back out of the woodwork in a big way. Not for this project, obviously, but uh, for all our others. Airbag has grown immensely in uh, the last couple of years, and we're incredibly proud of what we've become. And you know, but we're still a very small shop. There's only a few of us. And despite what this piece may make you, might make you think, our clients are really important to us. So. You know, we, there was all this new work and all these new clients and we had a big turnover with some senior staff. We have a new EP, a new post-producer. I bought a house, got a dog, was the best man at my brother's wedding and a whole bunch of other stuff happened and we'd barely begun and already I had to say to George, Tim, Mariana, Joe, um, sorry, we're going to have to pull out. Um, and that was probably the hardest call I made last year, which is saying something because I bought a house and a dog and got a new EP and a post-producer. Which brings us right back to the first question, is what the hell am I doing here? And probably it would have been a lot better for me to stay at home today, honestly. Um, standing up here and admitting that we bit off too much than we can chew is, you know, does me no favours. And, but at the same time, I've been doing this a long time and I've, I've never failed a playing client and I've never been late and I've never been over budget and I've never had to pull out. So I'm okay with standing up and saying that we didn't make it this time, and it wasn't because of anybody else. We had a budget of sorts, talented people, freelancers we'd conned into working for free, the whole lot together. Um, the only thing that was missing was me. Um, there just wasn't enough me. And our work is exhilarating, and I wouldn't swap it for any career in the world, but it's also exhausting, because it can be pretty unforgiving out there. And the perverse thing is that we say to each other all the time that nothing great comes without taking a risk. And it's true, nothing does. And I think as powerful and as inspiring it is to see the great work that you're about to see, and it is fantastic, um, I thought it might be good and a little bit reassuring, especially for those of you who are starting out, to see the other side of it. You know, um, Airbag is on the kind of trajectory right now where myself and everyone I work with will probably be able to retire to gold-plated yachts to snort cocaine until we die of some kind of exotic venereal disease. Um, <laughs> And that might be some people's objective, but even when I retire, I want it to be into doing cool stuff like this. But sadly for now, um, 
my life is clients and meetings and budgets and such um, because my first responsibility is to my employees and the airbag family and I need everybody that works with me to come along with me to grow and be fulfilled. So I guess what I wanted to say is that thanks to all of you, um, the Pause Fest community, for the opportunity to try something a bit too ambitious and, uh, and be free to talk openly about it. And uh, by the way, this project isn't dead, it's just sleeping, so with a bit of luck I'll come back next year. Thanks guys for your time. Cool. Okay. Hi, Ron. I'm Mark. I'm your moderator for the evening slash day. Back and click that. And I fit perfectly into this seat. Um, thanks very much, Stephen. My um, pleasure. I thought it was very brave to admit that you tried and failed. Yeah. I think that's a you know a very ad admirable thing, yeah. uh, but even better than uh, producing a shitty film. Yeah, I think uh, there was a there was a point mid year where. I realized that we could do the project, that I could, I could just get my team to work on it without me. Mm. Um, and I, I thought, especially given the context of, of an idea that's yours and it involving, <laughs> that might be a little bit weak of me. So mm. we, you know, we made the, the, the tough call to pull out. Yeah, that'd be heavy irony. Mm. And just to confirm, did you say that your dog was the best man at your brother's wedding? No, no, I, I was. I was, sorry, talking right. a bit fast there. Um, but yeah, I love this idea of purity and um, how to maintain uh, your sense as an artist or, mm. or, or, or a director or a mm. thinker or, and, and you, you know, that your short film touches on. Um, and I think that's, a, you, you, in fact, we were just saying this exact thing right here, that, you know, that's why they call it a business. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you're not really an artist in the sense that in the sense that really no one is an artist because ultimately a lot of people end up needing to do things for money mm. and you need to find a way to, um, to, to meet in the middle. Mm. Um, my, my company 6040 does, in its name, reminds us that we do work for commercial reasons and then we do independent work and that's sort of how we mm. try and address that. That said, we fail totally at it as well. Mm. So, but but that's there in the name. Yeah, and I think I think even in those contexts of the, those projects that you're doing for yourself, or at least nominally for yourself, you're doing it for an audience somewhere. Mm. Um, so, in that sense, you you probably find yourself thinking, well, I f I find that funny. Mm. Um, is somebody else going to find that funny? So you you allow that stuff into your project, even even in those projects where there is no other official stakeholder. Yeah. And yeah, and you always need to wonder, um, you know, when you start obsessing about a micro detail mm. of a film that's going to make it not deliver on time or mm. be late or yeah. blow out in cost, you know, you do need to say, you know, look, it's not all that important that this dog has that many hairs on it. Sure. Let's reduce the hairs. Let's reduce the hairs. Let's do I'm, that. I'm down with that. Yeah. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings of talks and live events, go to Acme Channel and the Acme website.